Hello, podcast listeners. Ben here. Last month, Steven Spielberg was crowned as the first Hollywood director to gross over $10 billion at the box office for his collective filmography. Spielberg's movies have made more money than any other filmmaker in history. So a few weeks ago, Matt and I sat down to discuss this Hollywood icon. Is Spielberg just a rich guy who's able to make successful movies because he has a lot of money? Or is he a storytelling genius? This is Off Topic. Uh, Spielberg, did he ruin movies? Did he ruin movies? Okay. Did he ruin movies? Um, we have several articles, uh, and by several, I mean three. <laughs> that um, I did with a quick Google search. Because mm-hmm. it's more like I wasn't, like I had read people saying that as much as I had heard. People yeah. say that like old geezers. Old geezers, yeah, and and um, and their argument is that Spielberg um, brought to an yeah. end the age of the uh, think piece yeah. films of the of the uh, the seventies. Yeah. So your your Godfather, your uh, Easy yeah. Easy Rider. Um, and then this shows just how much I show. know of the of that era. <laughs> maybe maybe Spielberg is to blame for that. It seems like it's common to assume that he's just like a big Hollywood giant who's able to make good movies because he has a lot of money. Which is true. Which is true, yeah. But he's also really good at telling stories. Yeah, yeah. So you're already putting your, your argument out there. Yeah. I wonder if maybe Spielberg operates under the same mentality as someone like uh, Guillermo del Toro, who does the whole uh, one for you, one for me thing. Right. Like, he'll give you his uh, Pacific Rim or, uh, or Hellboy... Yeah, uh, and then the next in the, in the next film he'll do something like Pan's Labyrinth or The Shape of Water, very personal films. It's like Spielberg does that with um, he'll go from something like Tintin to to War Horse, yeah, Jurassic Park to Schindler's List, right in the same year. Yeah, so like while he was shooting Schindler's List, he was simultaneously doing post production for Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And he just got so angry with Jurassic Park. Like, this isn't what a movie is supposed to be. Like, I'm over here just, like, pouring my soul into this movie about the Holocaust. And <laughs> and then he kind of, like, at the end of the day, he comes in and he gets on the phone with people, like, talking about how to make dinosaurs look cool. <laughs> and he's just getting so frustrated with that. But that's kind of... Like he feels like a hack? Almost. Yeah, like he feels oh. like a hack. Oh, my God. Yeah. And yet, it's everyone that is ripping off Jurassic Park. That's the, the we think yeah. are hacks. Like you think, like uh, Jurassic World is is like a hack. I am yes, I'm yeah. very bitter to Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and maybe we'll get into that. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll save that when we review Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Oh, we're doing that. I I assume so. Well, I thought you you were wondering whether you wanted to do that or not. I was. Like, I kind of assumed it, but... you would end up dragging me to it. <laughs> well, no, I don't have to. You, this is. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Um, so, so what's the argument? What's the argument again that these people are making in these in these three articles? And because there are three, that means it's a pattern. So we can assume it's just. Truth. <laughs> yeah, there's, and I and I can see what they're coming from. Um, it's that you know, if you look at movies from like the '40s, the '50s, and the '60s, there was a lot of like really successful films, and even in the '30s that were very thought-provoking. And there wasn't a ton of 
explosions in Hollywood and boom, 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 boom. That's kind of George Lucas is really who brought like big technology mm-hmm. with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But before that, there was it was very artful. And um, Spielberg came in and started making Jaws and then moving on to like Jurassic Park and all of these big blockbusters that made a bunch of money. And in doing that, Hollywood sort of turned away from artful films, which I still do on occasion, and going into, you know, these big blockbusters. It's not to say that, like, it's it's just one or the other. I think it's just right predominantly right now we have that. We have the big explosive movies. Um, But I I don't, again, like you're saying, I don't think it's something that is uh, without... It's, it feels entirely predictable. It yeah. doesn't happen, especially because because the the psychology with anything that's good, right? Anything that's good, you got your 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 Jaws, your your Jurassic Park, um, Indiana Jones. Those are watershed movies, and what happens when when you have a watershed movie, you get a whole bunch of things that uh, stem off and, and rip yeah. off of that idea. It's just that's just how it works is they see something that's successful and they'll just do it as many times as they can. Yeah. So there's that one article where they're talking about how George Lucas and Steven Spielberg are, are feeling uh, sad about how right now you can't make um, personal artful films. Said, right. no, it's all just the yeah, big. They've, they've, yeah. They have said things to that extent. Yeah, yeah, and they're saying it's hypocritical for them to say that because they've made a bunch of money off of doing this they're they're misinterpreting it i think because um back way back when your star wars jaws uh those the the two films that launched like uh, that launched both their careers and and, like reinvigorated the hollywood blockbuster those films weren't made because they were popular those those films are actually like under very adverse um circumstances um they're kind of i mean i think looking back at those movies is so inspirational is that they're they're all these you know the little movie that could kind of type scenarios Mm -hmm. like have all those technical uh problems behind jaws and and star wars yeah Um, but apart from that at the time those those type of movies weren't um that 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 way to make a movie to to make it into a big blockbuster Mm -hmm. event was a new thing. Yeah. It wasn't a thing that was fully tapped into. And, so. and Steven Spielberg has described when he was making Jaws, like every day he was in constant fear of a producer coming in and saying, that's it, we're shutting down because we were spending too much money on this movie. Yeah. Yeah, like he, because like he was like the new guy starting up his directing career. Yeah. Kind of, sort of like George Lucas was with Star Wars. I mean, George Lucas had made American Graffiti, mm-hmm. which was more of a artful film. Yep. And then he was trying to get this big sci-fi spaceship movie off mm-hmm. the ground and no one trusted him and then and then it ended up being obviously well star wars mm-hmm. same with like back to the future like back oh to yeah the future was this sci-fi genre piece that that at the time like it, that wasn't the the hot genre yeah um uh same with something like like roger rabbit like the whole all that technology that went into that mm-hmm. was never done to that extent before yes um and i think that comes it doesn't come out of a studio thinking oh this is the this is a hot property we need to exploit Mm -hmm. this it's uh spielberg and zemeckis just concentrating their immense passion for animation right and 
that's what is is you can feel with all these with all like Star Wars, Jaws, Indiana Jones, is that um, the reason they're so effective and the reason they're so successful is because they they latch onto these classical ideas, the mm-hmm. the, the, the classic hero's journey, um, uh, the old sci-fi adventure serials, um, and people latch onto that simplicity because that stuff's been ingrained in our brains for like yeah the last hundred years like almost since the probably since the inception of cinema and then yeah. way even before that the problem right now isn't that we're making that same movie over and over is that we're making ripoffs of those ripoffs yeah if yeah. we yeah if we go back even before like the 40s 50s 60s before Spielberg and then before the before Spielberg era um, to like the 20s 30s and early 40s like during like the very early days of Hollywood when they were sort of becoming this entertainment giant it was always for fun Mo- not, not always generally movies were for fun um, you know you got your Marx Brothers you got your Charlie Chaplin Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton, yeah. If you wanted to watch something that would make you think at that time period, you would go to the theater. Um, And then that sort of changed as movies became sort of, I hate to say this, but as movies started overpowering theater, um, that started, you started being like, well, people still want to watch things that make them think, so movies became more artful. And then... At that point, there was sort of kind of two types of movies. There were fun movies and there were snobby movies. <laughs> and then there, there were movies that you watched to have a good time. And then there were movies that you watched because they said something and they brought up a theme and something like that. Spielberg kind of blended them together. Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park is probably the quintessential example of that. Mm-hmm. Like it goes even further than that, back than that, I think. Like right. Right after Jaws was was Close Encounters, and I, I feel like that's a film that he wanted to make for himself. I mean, he wrote it. Actually, right. I, have, I actually have a book right there. Oh. It's a terrible read, though. <laughs> it reads like a, like a screenplay treatment. Um, sure. uh, um, so maybe, like what you're saying is how there, you you went to the theater for for thing piece you went to the movies for uh um escape yeah and that's a big generalization yeah like there was yeah. fun stuff happening at the theater and there was still some mm-hmm. thinking stuff that would happen at movies yeah. but in general yeah and again i don't know really what are these arguments saying like he ruined cinema what no. whether or not that's again it feels natural but it also doesn't like you think a crappy director would have ruined it that same way yeah so is spielberg like this giant hollywood powerful figure with a lot of money who's able to make these big movies because he has a lot of money nowadays yes he is yeah he can do in the early he 80s he wasn't no and but now he is but he still i find often like yeah his movies are always hit or miss but that's because he makes what he wants hmm. but um Still, though, in one of those articles, he was talking about how, um, even with a film like Lincoln, right, he, he struggled to get that into into theaters. Right, yeah, it's going to be true. on HBO, and and that is that's that's shocking that that he would have to 
yeah. make such a campaign for that. And the same with someone like Martin Scorsese, who's who's starting to who's leaning. I think his next film actually is going to be on Netflix. Hmm. So to 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 see those big giants right being pushed, being pushed away from the platform, they were yeah they helped like revitalize. It's it's shocking, but and um, well that you know. brings up something that Spielberg kind of got flack for saying not too long ago. This is off topic, but I guess that's the name of the show. Um, he, there was an interview with Spielberg. I can't remember which newspaper it was in, but the statement that they put in all the headlines that everyone gets mad about without reading the article is Netflix original films shouldn't be deserving of an Oscar. The full statement is they deserve an Emmy if they're good because they're made for TV movies. They're not theatrical movies. And I, and I think mm-hmm. that's, and I think that's a fair statement to make because what he explains, and I really agree with him, is that the thing Netflix can't give you is the cinema experience. Like, that's there's something wonderful about being in the dark with a bunch of people and just getting immersed in a story. Yeah. Yeah. And, and feeling the feeling the room and uh, the, yeah. the, the the emotional resonance. Yeah. Um, there is there's something to that. I mean, I'm, I, I, I don't... I'm not a big fan of like you know clapping and, and... no 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 <laughs> um there's there's something to that uh, uh i think with a lot of people it's convenience it's right do i want to spend uh, uh 15 dollars yeah. to just see this movie that i don't even know if i'll if i'll enjoy when i could just wait maybe f- f- uh three months it'll yeah. be on netflix that happens every time I, I buy something on Blu-ray. It just ends up on freaking Netflix. <laughs> I, and I, I just, yeah. Ugh. Um, yeah, but at the same time, like, I, I totally agree that, like, that's why people are moving more towards Netflix. But I think that there is still a place for that movie theater experience. And people are saying, like, oh, I don't think movie theaters have much more of a future. No, no, movie theaters are going to be around. No, yeah. They're, people are still going to the movies. And they're going to it for, to, to see, to relive those experiences, yeah. like those retro screenings, like over at the Highland. I think my, one of my fondest movie experiences was going to see um, a double feature of uh, E.T. and Poltergeist. Oh, cool. It was perfect. Um, and uh, you really got that, that yeah. feel like, I, I didn't realize how, how funny E.T. was until I... Saw mm. it with the, with a crowd. Right, true. Um, I also hadn't seen Poltergeist up until that point, and so that was cool that those two movies, which are thematically linked, like they're kind of they, yeah, they, they complement each other. Like E.T. is suburban dreams, um, uh, Poltergeist is suburban nightmares. That's yeah, that comes from Spielberg. Um, so I I think there's always going to be a place for that. I I, I think it's just that we're all afraid of taking those risks. Like, yeah. we as audience members don't like going to the theater, sitting with strangers who might just be noisy, rude. Um, we also don't want to see movies that are terrible. Yeah. Um, whereas with Netflix, the convenience is you can just pause it and, and play something else. Yeah. Um, and, and so, um, I think the, only, the, the way it's probably going to stay around is with those retro screenings yeah like that kind of stuff is where we all know what this movie is and we all want to experience it together yeah what's so funny is that 
with your uh, your your Michael Bay type yeah. directors like there's just so over the top um, uh, s- stupid uh, sim- simplistic yeah. um, uh, sexist uh, explosive uh, m- mind um, headache inducing films yeah the most you can complain with Spielberg is that he's just too gosh darn sweet mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Michael Bay is like the McDonald's fast food retail chain. Spielberg is like maybe like a nice diner. But <laughs> he's the fifties. He's the fifties. Uh, no, no, no. Um, uh, uh, Michael Bay is your McDonald's. Spielberg is your uh, classic nineteen fifties uh, McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're you're McDonald from the founder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's all about how you dress it up. Yeah. Um, and, well, yeah, because they're, they're crowd pleasers, right? But, yeah, they are. Um, I think there is... But there's a heart to them. Well, there's a personal touch to it. Yeah. It's, um, and I think that's because Spielberg comes from an era closer to the classic films. Yeah. I was watching some YouTube videos where, like, people... He's talking about when people ask him for advice on directing. Yeah. And his one thing he says a lot is to watch the older movies. Not right. not his movies, not the seventies film Brad movies, but like the the, the, the silent era, the twenties mm. and thirties. Yeah. Apparently he's had to pay his children, like to, or he he'll tell he'll he's had to bribe his own children <laughs> into watching a black and white film with him like ten dollars <laughs> um and i th- i think there's some merit to that because yeah. that that's where a lot of those um trends those that the language of cinema that's where it comes from mm-hmm. um i mean birth of a nation racist as it is <laughs> it's where we get m- most of our uh language uh-huh. in, in in cinema um so, if you're willing to put up with all the the datedness of it, not just the fact that it's black and white, but it's yeah. of the older era, watch that stuff, and then you'll see what he means. Oh, do you know all four Indiana Jones films? Oh, wait, no, no. I want to make a joke here. Okay. All three Indiana Jones films <laughs> are on Netflix. Are they? Yes. It's good to know. Mm-hmm. Now, ask, now you say to me... Oh, yeah, aren't, aren't there four? There is no fourth Indiana Jones film. Uh, yeah, no, there isn't. Yeah, we'll just we'll just erase that from our memories. Yeah, said so never watch it again. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been off topic, and now we're turning off.